It's a doubleheader day. <laughs> it's a Bradley Zimmer kind of day <laughs> at Oriole Park at Camden Yards or whatever, whatever it's called. That is a sad sight. We're it's looking not, at a feed from. It's awful. Oh, it, there's there's nobody there. There's a bunch well, of dudes Vladdy's stretching. Getting to it bad. That's it. A bunch of dudes stretching. A bunch of. Why are the Orioles even out there? They're not, are they? Well, yeah, those guys are oh, the right. pitchers. They don't do anything except throw a ball. Anyhow, let's bring in Ben Wagner, our uh, Blue Jays voice on Sportsnet 590, the fan. So, Ben, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, uh, probably about 20 people in the ballpark right now. Well, they're just down in the field. What, what, are, what are the, uh, all kidding aside, it is a doubleheader today. They're going to finish the regular season. Evie, uh, what, what, what are the expectations today? It's not going to rain to begin with, right? We're going to get the game in. The game's in. We should get both games in. It's still cloudy and windy. I mean, the pictures don't lie that you see in the studio. I'm right behind the plate right now looking at it, too. It's not a comfortable day at all. I think the goal, <laughs> the goal is to treat it like we're going to Sarasota to play the Orioles mm-hmm. in spring training. Vlad, uh, Bo, if they need a couple of bats, they're going to talk with the manager about when to get that at bat and then take it to the house. Um, you know, it's going to feel like a 162 day with the pace of play, I think. Uh, both clubhouses are trying to figure out why it's a doubleheader when the games make no impact other than the, yes, brace yourself for the integrity of the game. Mm-hmm. That, is the only, that is the only kind of clarification that we were given yesterday and then again today about why it's a twin bill. But obviously the Blue Jays aren't thrilled about trying to cover 18 innings. Yeah, why, so they're going to. Why is Trevor Richards starting game one? <sighs> That's a really good question um, as well. It's just something that they have tossed in front of Mitch White to see if they can just steal an inning, maybe get a little bit more depth in game number one and let Trevor Richards give the Blue Jays hopefully six outs. They'd love to get six outs from Trevor Richards today. And then uh, we know that Casey Lawrence has been added to the roster as well as the uh, as the extra man. Um, how are they going to play out play game two of this in terms of the pitching? Sure. I guess that yeah. depends. I guess that depends on game one, doesn't it? Frankly, it, it, it absolutely does. It absolutely depends on game one. One, I mean, they've got guys that can have coverage, right? You say Kikuchi was lined up before the rainout to do the majority of the starting work. You know, the lift of a bulk role. And now you have Casey Lawrence. You hope to get multiple innings of relief out of Trevor Richards and use those three guys pretty much to try at least to get a lot of the coverage of of a bullpen that you'd love to have sitting Mm -hmm. and resting for a couple of days. Uh, Unless there is a situation, like on Saturday, right? Jordan Romano felt like he needed to throw. And Jordan Romano comes out and he throws 13 pitches, and that's why we saw John Schneider sprint out and said, hey, you, you, you face your minimum. We got you the outing you wanted. We're going to save you for tomorrow. He came out on then on Sunday, and then that was a ramp it up, give me a save outing. So there could be a couple of guys that sprinkle in here just to get a little tune-up work out of the Blue Jays' bullpen, but this is certainly not going to be a situation where the Blue Jays are going to maneuver uh, like, like they would in, in a situation where they're trying to clinch or grab something of significance. Ben, this is just a survive day. Yeah, Ben, no way George Springer starts in game two. No way, huh? No way. No way. No, why? Why? Yeah, that's why I'm asking. Uh, I mean, no way, right? I, I, no, no. I don't get any indication that Vladdy, I mean, Vladdy was the one guy yesterday that told us he wanted to get some at-bats and he wanted to play 
in one game. And Springer said, you know, when he found out he had the line yesterday, he goes, a doubleheader. Well, then I'm just going to bat left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That screams so, oblique. Yeah, please don't. yeah don't, please, please don't do any of that, right? No. The John Cruck moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he flips around to the other side. Mm. So, you know, that, that could be the situation where uh, – Again, you know, if George Springer wakes up today and he wants to get in at bat, maybe he gets one at bat. I don't think that we see George Springer step near a step near a batter's box today. Mm. So I, I understand that John Schneider is going to talk in about in about 15 minutes or so. We know now that it's the Mariners uh, against the Jays. I think we kind of suspected, probably for the past three days or so, that that was the the most likely uh, the most likely scenario. Um, what are you expecting to see from this team in terms of roster decisions, given that we now know it's the Mariners? And I've got to think matchups will play a role in in the composition of of the roster for this thing. Like, you know, the Mariners have got I mean, they've got one lefty reliever, right? I think Matt Matt Boyd is their only their only lefty, I believe. Uh out of the pen. Maybe there's another one. I, I don't know. But do you have any idea how the Jays might set this roster? That is a deep dive that is being discussed as we speak uh, behind some closed doors. I know the Blue Jays are having some meetings. A couple of members of the front office are here as well. They're making roster decisions on both what to do on how many pitchers, so how many pitchers will be available, and then do they keep back a couple of pitchers. You have to have a maximum or a minimum of 13 pitchers on your postseason roster. But you could carry 11, right? You know you're not going to need – a fourth or a fifth starter in the best of three series. So you could add extra position players. And that's where I think Gabriel Moreno gets an advantage. So the blue Jays can have that third catcher and keep Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen in the same lineup at the same time without any worry. Uh, It probably, I I would guess gives Kevin Biggio a little bit better of an odd to make the postseason roster as well. Uh, With the way that Whit Merrifield has been performing I thought over the last couple of days, you know, Kevin's spot on the postseason roster might have gotten squeezed hmm. if they don't carry the extra infielder or extra position player. Uh, you, you know, so the, the way that the Blue Jays have orchestrated their late-game decision-making, right, with replacing or bulking up the defense in the outfield with Jackie Bradley Jr. and Bradley Zimmer, that's where you look at the matchups. That's where you keep, you know, all those scenarios in play for the Blue Jays uh, on, and then obviously on the final roster decisions, how they kind of map out what they want to do in late game situations. Now we know that neither Santiago Espinal or Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in the lineup today. Uh, what are the? Is can they possibly? Can either of them or both of them possibly be ready in time for Friday? I don't think so. I don't think so. And that's another reason why. The weather here in Baltimore has just been absolutely brutal on on the plans for Santiago Espinal and Lourdes Goriel Jr. Basically, only only being able to run in the outfield. And with Lourdes, you're really careful, too, how much sprinting he's going to do in the grass because you don't want to re-aggravate that hamstring. Right. But the tarp has been on the field literally for 72 hours. I think the last time that I saw the sunshine in Baltimore is when Kevin Biggio hit for the cycle. <laughs> no, yeah. No, yeah, I remember you saying that. It's been it, it it is I called you in your hotel room that we were talking about something else the other day and I said, What's the weather like? You said, same, dreary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. But I mean these are the things that 
you, you just can't replicate running the bases until you get the tarp off the field and you can run the bases. Right. And Lourdes has just been reserved to, to doing some sprints, and he's not running nearly at 100%. Uh, Santiago Espinal, the, the sign, the positive sign, at least, that he was using in the cage, the high velo machine. So he was cranked up and really tested that oblique. That's at least a positive sign. But they really were hoping to get these guys on the field, work them out, and, and do something more towards game speed, and they just haven't been able to do so. And it, do, it doesn't sound like to me that they're going to be ready for any competition here over the next couple of days. It, it, it would take a lot to get them both up and ready to make the postseason roster. Ben, do you, ben, do you think they have any concern about any parts of their game going into game one at home? Well, I think the Christmas of, you know, the, like you have to play Chris defensively. The Blue Jays just cannot beat themselves. I, we hear the word sink a lot when you talk about how the Blue Jays approach every game. You have to throw the ball well. You have to hit, obviously, and take advantage of any situation. You have to sometimes do the little things. And it all comes down to the sink, the rhythm of the game. Blue Jays cannot beat themselves. I keep hearing that over and over and over if there are words, if there are concerns, what, what are you looking for? What makes a Blue Jay team successful? And they keep using that term, sink. So to me, it's about making sure those little things that have reared its ugly head over the last couple of weeks and become glaring. And also, John Schneider, you know, has been put in a difficult situation where he's had to address some of those things uh, to make sure guys are playing with a sharpness, with a focus on the field. I, this is a really, really, really dangerous ball club right now. And the way that they've got the pitching lined up with Alec Manoa and Kevin Gossman, and if it is necessary, certainly Ross Stripling, uh, we're going to find out in a couple of minutes if that's set in terms of the Blue Jays' rotation going into the best of three against Seattle here from John. But this is a team that, that did what it needed to do down the stretch, lined themselves up with their pitching, and and it's all working right now. And there's a lot of confidence coming out of that clubhouse this morning. Ben, we're going to let you run and get ready to interview yeah. the manager and uh, look forward to your call of 18 innings of high-quality oh, baseball yes. this afternoon. Bradley Zimmer, get it down we're and get it singing. We're going to spin the work day together. Oh, Enjoy it's it. going to be outstanding. Have I fun. get my Bradley Zimmer jersey on. I'm all, I'm all set to go gonna, here. All the fun facts of Otto Lopez that oh. you've been waiting on. Well, you know what? I, I got to admit, I am looking forward I to seeing too. Otto Lopez. All kidding yeah, aside. I'm with Jeff yeah. on that. We've talked about this with Barky. You know, this is, yeah. this is this guy. This is a chance for this guy. This guy hasn't really been given mm-hmm. much of a chance by this organization because of the position he played. I'm, I'm hoping Otto Lopez has himself a day today. Me I too. really am. I, me too. I am too. I am too. I mean, you get, you get small sample sizes of these guys right in spring training, and then they disappear. Yep. And it's nice to it's nice to have a little showcase Absolutely. Here at the end of the year. Be well, Ben. Thanks for have this. Fun, buddy. All right. See you guys. Ben Wagner's the voice of the Blue Jays, and he will have the call of uh the doubleheader today. And uh you know, playing a doubleheader, I mean I stinks. What well, the only thing it's awful. Yeah, you know, the only thing the I food mean, between games is the best thing when you're in the big leagues. Yeah. Yeah, there's it's a not couple, a half there, a sub. There's a couple of things about a couple of things about this. First of all, I'm sure they're playing because of the the respective television contracts, mm-hmm. money, uh, money, obviously. But also, you know what? If you, I get why they're playing a doubleheader because 
if the weather is good, you know, I'd, I'd be upset if the tarp was on the field and, and they were going to have to interrupt the game. Well, then I'm going, well, what the hell are you doing? But the fact is the weather's good enough to play. You got to play out 162. Somebody might get hurt and that could have an impact on the postseason. Now you're sitting there saying, Jeff, and I'm not saying I want any Blue Jay to get hurt, but you know what? I guarantee the Seattle Mariners, they're, they're going to be sitting there saying, well, wait a minute. How come, how come they're not, we're, we're playing, you know, we're playing our game. Why aren't these guys playing? You can't just, you can't just look at it and go, I, I can see, I can see the argument against the doubleheader, but the fact that they're playing a game today shouldn't surprise anybody. The doubleheader is a little, is Vlad, a little Vlad is getting to it, Bats. If I'm John Springer ain't sniffing nah, the listen, field. You know sni- Bo, no. Bo's not either. Uh, Chapman, mm-mm-mm-mm. I mean, your main guy is not a chance. Like, you're getting guys in there who, you know. I hope – I'm dead serious, and I say that. I hope, I hope Otto Lopez has himself a Me day. Too. He's Me an too. organizational dude. Um, he, we've seen – Ben's right. We've seen snippets of him in spring training. I uh, liked him when I was in spring training. I, I do, too. I think he's kind of a handy – I think he's a handy guy. I like. I, I hope he has himself a day today. I really do. I uh, And, you know, and that's kind of – it's kind of a cool story for the organization as well. The game isn't going to mean much to anybody, but you know what? It's going to mean a hell of a lot to Otto Lopez. No question. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. So let's do our Barker's back leg bits thing right now. DMs are open. We've had a ton of people weighing in. Um, I think we've answered, a, a. hopefully we've answered a couple of questions about why they're playing a double header today. I know a lot of people were, were wondering about that. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, I mean, in some ways it's self-explanatory. Um, it is. Mike B wants to ask you about the fact that the majority of guys on this team have one in the minors, right? We're talking about playoff pressure. He said, I know it's not the same, but they know what it takes to win playoff games. And then John Schneider's managed teams to championships sure. as well. Merrifield, sure. Manoa, Bass, Chapman, all hungry to win. Jays will also have George Springer, who they didn't have in 2020. This is true. I, I'm going to ask you, Kevin, because you won in the minor leagues. Um, a couple times. times. The, the minor league playoffs, like, what are they? It's awful. Okay. Thank you. You're not in the big leagues. It's awful. I mean, it's, you know what we lied to you? That's the greatest thing I've ever been a part of, Jeff. No, it's awful. Is it, is it different, I, though, I wonder, when you're – is it different when you're – you know, when you're a 21 year old no. guy in your first year, second year yeah, in the organization, and you win, you're just trying to make it to the big leagues. Your level of competition at the minor league level is not the same as it would be, obviously, this time of the year when you're in the playoffs. So I wonder, experience up until this point, unless you are Derek Jeter, who is just used to being, you know, saving the times he's going on vacation because he knows he's going to be in the playoffs forever. I just don't think you can teach it. I just don't think you doing it in the minor leagues matters. That's what I said. I just wonder the last month and a half with all these games that matter and you're firing your manager and what the manager, the new manager came in has done to your team, your lineup, how he's handled this. I wonder if they can be, be feeding off of that, build off of that, and if that would help. Or you could throw all that out the window. Mm. And if you have more talent, probably you're going to win. Justin LeBlanc reminds us, by the way, that uh, Robbie Ray last year didn't always like pitching an extra day's rest. Remember, they talked about I, how they that, how they talked about how they wanted to keep him on his on his regular routine. That's why I brought it up. Now, again, it's it will be determined whether he pitches in Game Three because I know it's back and forth. I have heard Game Two, I've heard Game Three. They're sort of playing a little cat and mouse. I'm assuming. I'm sure it depends on whether they win Game One 
on what happens there. I mean, Logan Gilbert's not anything to to sneeze at. He throws a bazillion miles an hour. But I just wanted the days when the lights are the brightest, you overthrow, right? When you overthrow, what do you do? You can't throw it where you want to throw it. That, for me, is what somewhat you'd be looking for early, even with Manoa. Manoa will have an extra day. Might help him, though. He's adjusted with the two-seamer. Yeah, I... um... Not a max effort guy early in games anymore. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, th- this is ultimately something something we don't know because we've never seen these guys have to go into Great point. into into this into this particular situation. But uh, the 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 texter or the messenger makes a great point. I mean, Robbie Ray does like his. He does like at least when he Richard's was here. A habit. He did like his regular uh, his regular routine, and um, and I know he's added a two seamer also. So that that will be. Just be, it's an intriguing little thing because they have talent. Both teams are very, very talented. It will be the little thing. And that little thing could be two extra days of rest early in the game. It could be one walk and a, you know, that's that walk and a homer could beat you because of how good your teams are. So be interesting to watch that. But those are great texts and a lot of thinking involved. Ron Waxman. I like this question. Uh, do you think Vladdy can possibly turn it up for the wild card uh, when he's been so inconsistent in big moments? I just, I just don't know if anybody has an answer to that. Okay, I'll ask you. The, the, the only thing you ask yourself is mechanically the last week. Look, you look at – this is me anyway. Down the stretch – because it's such a marathon, you look at it in small sample sizes. Last week, does he look different mechanically? Yes or no, Jeff? You watch every single bat he has. Does he look different I, I see than the, he looked I, a month I, ago? I see the same guy. So I, I the one thing I will say that the lot, the home run two nights ago, the finish is right down the middle. That's I the point. But but the finish the, to it, the mechanics were different. It's just because of what he swung at is why yeah. he could get to the finish. That's the point. Can he can he be the guy? Why did Bo turn his season around? He's still aggressive, but he's not as aggressive outside the zone. Right. Because he has such great bat-to-ball skills. And, oh, by the way, now he's got that two-strike approach, and he can do special things with that. And the competition level went way up because of that. I I just don't know if I, I have an answer, because that is a million-dollar question. And you know they have every khaki known the man that works for the Blue Jays trying to figure that out, because he's a big deal, right? You know, the bloop and the bomb, you'd like him to be the bomb guy. But I just don't know if... Luis Castillo all of a sudden is throwing more sliders. Jeff, do you think, I don't know, 1-0, he misses with a changeup in? Because he likes his changeup, too, mm-hmm. to Vladdy. 0-0, first at bat of the game. He misses with a changeup in. You think Vladdy's going to be so aggressive that he chases a slider that's not even close? Or he could take that. It's 2-0. Now he can get into an educated guess count where 2-0 is a 99-mile-an-hour fastball count. You think he has it in him to do that this time of the year right now? If the answer to that is yes, well, the answer to that question would be yes. But if you're on the fence with that, then, and I'm sort of on the fence with that. He has, I've said this and I'll continue to say it. For me, he's the best right-handed hitter in baseball. He does things with his core humans can't do. Just when the foot hits the ground, it's just, it's crazy, but it's the swinging at the ball that he can, like you mentioned, get to the finish. 
And in the playoffs, boy, you got to take the close the, one to get the one down the middle. The Blue Jays, by the way, have just officially announced that Alec Manoa is the game one starter. Ah, thank is, you. Yeah. Appreciate that. We knew that already. Yeah, we did. Let us know who the game two and the game three Don't be afraid is. to. Um, looking ahead to... Uh, one Those the, are great questions, by the way. Yeah, one of the things mm -hmm. to, to keep in mind, too, when the Jays set up their game two and game three starters, uh, because Kevin Gossman figures in here somehow, I, I would think one of the things you definitely want to do is you want to make sure that you've got Kevin Gossman available for two of those starts in the next series if you win. Let me throw this at you. They win game one. Does he pitch game two? No. He does for me. For me, I, I don't, I don't want to give the Mariners life. I just don't want to. I, Stripling has had a really good, if not great, year for him. Yeah, I. I just don't know. I, I what what if what if what if Kevin shows up, and that finger something happens to it in the third game, and you could pitch them in the second game, and it could have been over, and then I, there's just little. Well, I mean, things, if the, don't if pick the, at the it. finger can. It's my, the, it's my point. No, the finger like, the finger can get hurt in the I second game as easy as I the third game. I understand that, but if it's one one instead of one no, instead I'm, of you're up one zero, oh, I'm going it's different. No, I'm going. I'm. I, I need. Don't get cute. I need to have Gossman. Uh, I need to have him available for two games well, in the next series. You got to get to the second round too. Well, yeah, but well, I you do. But. I need to have him available for two games in the series. But mm. again, this gets back to something we talked about. If you're the Blue Jays, do you, if you lose the first game to me, it's a no brainer. You go with Gossman in game two because you do not want to be eliminated from the playoffs and have not used, you know, whatever it is, $220 million worth of starting pitching sure. because you haven't used Barrios and Gossman. So I, but if they win the first game, I'm holding Gossman back and I'm going with Stripling. I think Stripling at home gives me a, Stripling at home gives me enough of a chance that I'm comfortable doing that. And then if I do take that series, man, I got Gossman set for for two day for two two games in the in the against the against the Houston Astros. That's what I want. What if you lose game two and then he starts gripping the split well, then, finger too tight and it cuts ah, open in the second inning? Nah, you got to use Barrios to get you three or four Kevin, or five innings. How confident uh, are you in that, Kevin? If that finger's going to rip open, it's going to rip open well, on the fourteenth pitch, whether I, it's Saturday or Sunday. It's not, it's not going to make the any only difference. games that I not played in that matter difference. when you're winning the series. You tend to go out there a little, little more loosey goosey. I don't know. I'm just telling you. Yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. I mean, we don't. Uh, we again, don't know. We, we just don't know. No. We just. Give we us just, something to talk we just about. Don't they want it. I, it could go either way. Um, John Schneider just. Uh, Arden's Welling just tweeting that John Schneider saying the club is still weighing its options for game two. <laughs> so it's going to come down to. If they win or not. Yeah. Which yeah, it yeah, should. Yeah. Which it should. Should it? I don't. Yeah. And I don't care if you. You're, you're not obligated to tell people who you're no, running out in game two. Of course two. not. Maybe they, my guess is they know. They know exactly how they're going to play this out based on whether they win or whether they lose. Absolutely. But it's just like making us think that Alec Manoa might start the final game of the season for seven weeks when so John you're knew. saying they were fibbing? Yeah. You're saying right. it? You're, you're, you're fine. You can do that. You can fib and get away with it. You think so? You can, get a, yeah, you can get fib mouth. and get away with it. Um. Ryan Mayo, are we underrating Alejandro Kirk's ability to get in base and hit singles so key in postseason ball every base runner we'll around so much? We'll see. We've, we've he, looks kinda, he's, he, he looks late to me. You made late it. Late in the season. You made Yeah, and you made a point Close. a little earlier about having him 
kind of in the middle there and, and clogging up the bases a little bit if you have to. But I think that goes I out the window to. right now. Oh, I think you have to because he's one of your four best hitters. But yeah. I, I'm saying just lately he looks like his bat's a little slower. Now, again, is he playing today? I said today. Not the first game. No. Why would he play at all? If he, you want to rest a guy? You, he seems to be really good at that bat the ball skills. Having you, doesn't really matter how many days he's got off. He's got that little, sh, you know, the compact swing, the lower halfs, not big moves. Like it's just you know A to B. So I, need, I would think the little rest would help him have the bat speed where it needs to be against ninety nine. Game one against Seattle. Danny Jansen's your DH, and you've got three catchers. Kirk's going to start because it's Manoa. Jansen's your DH and you I mean, go with, I guess, yeah. you, have, you almost have to have three. The more I, I'm mm. talking myself into this now, I almost think you have to have three catchers. 14 and 12. 12 pitchers and 14 position players. Third catchers and one of them. Yeah. I mean, let's not lie. Bradley Zimmer's been stealing money, and it's not his fault, but he's been just, boy, I tell you what. Like, I'm just jealous, Jeff. I mean, I, let's not be, let's not lie, but I'm jealous. 1.3 million, that's 2022 right there. Have you? No, come that's on. It right there. You that's can't it. say that Bradley Zimmer, every every team has 1. got, that's million. not right. No, the, that's contending? No, the vice president of Fisher Investments catching, contending? catching a $2 million ball is 2022. I'm going to have to go look this up. That's 2022. That screams, we, that screams we need a revolution is what it screams when the dude from Fisher Investments is catching a ball. That's pitchforks in the streets, right? <laughs> Bradley Zimmer getting one point three million oh, is man. not that's not twenty twenty two. You say that 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 just rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? What? One point three. <laughs> does, everybody everybody's got a Zimmer. A one point three dude. That that's that's nothing. One point three. Every team's got a Zimmer. I'm gonna have to go look that up. Every team's I got a Zimmer. I don't believe you. Good teams? I mean, I don't good teams. It's like I go every, look it up. The, the, I'll have an answer for you. What is tomorrow. the what is the the bottom what is the last guy in every roster making? I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, I mean, I'm I'm just jealous. That's all. I'm oh, I know. I know you are. <laughs> I am. I know you are. I am. I'm not certain I would changing. say the dude was stealing money, though. That's a little. I. That's a little much. Alex Anthopoulos is president of baseball operations and uh, general manager of the Atlanta Braves, who uh, clinched the American League East Division title last night. Of course and, they did. Uh, you know, there's the the dialogue out there is what happened. Did the Mets choke? Did the Mets piss that title away? Nah, the Braves went out and grabbed it. I from think them the Mets there. had to go to Atlanta late in the season. Braves went out and grabbed it from them. Um, and I think that the that I, I think the Braves are the best team in the National League. Alex Anthopoulos will join us. We'll talk about his thoughts on the Braves. Obviously, maybe get him to look back on what it was like on the eve of the 2015 playoffs in Toronto. It's Blair and Barker. We're not stealing money. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the, at least I'm not, on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're about an hour away from first pitch. Woo-hoo. Camden Yards. Look at that. That is bleak looking right now. That's a game I'd be playing in. You know that, right? I know. That's a Parker special. <laughs> that would be. 
Get it loose. That's got Kevin Parker, oh, right field. Gibby'd be walking up going, hey, you're playing center today. <laughs> okay. Never played there, but why not? Uh, well, 37 is the first pitch. It is a doubleheader, and then can put a bow in the regular season, which Mr. Barker and myself will do in Blue Jays talk. Following the game, tomorrow's a workout day. Then, folks, it's the Seattle Mariners. Go time. And the Toronto Blue Jays at the Rogers Center. First game of the wild card series. The time still to be set. And, of course, a lot of that will depend on uh, network issues and network decisions. But uh, the time for that game has not been set yet. Rest assured, once it is, we will let you know ASAP. The Atlanta Braves, uh, defending World Series champions, no surprise, are going back to the postseason. They clinched the National League East Division title last night in Miami. And, you know, we, we've talked about this a little bit with the National League East. Um, there's kind of a narrative out there that, <clears throat> you know, the Mets kind of threw this away. <clears throat> Pardon me, but I prefer to look at it in a different way. I think it's really the, the Braves that, that just reached up and grabbed this division title. Um, they've won 100 games in the regular season for the first time since 2003. They're playing at a, they've been playing at a 706 clip since June 1st, which is just silly. Alex Anthopoulos is president of baseball operations and general manager of the Braves and a friend of the show, and he joins us on Blair and Barker. Alex, thanks so much for joining us today. Congratulations on, uh, on the NL East title. Um, this is probably an unfair question, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. Is this team better than last year's World Series championship Braves? Yeah, I actually got asked that. I think a day ago as well. And it's, obviously it's tough. I got to be careful. But even not trying to be political on this one, um, I did give it consideration. I think, I think we're more balanced and we're more well-rounded and complete. Um, I think last year's offense going into the postseason was just maybe a little more explosive with the way the guys were playing uh, at the time. But, look, we've had a good offensive club at the same time. But I do think the rotation has got more depth this past year. Look, we had we went bullpen games um, in the in the playoffs last year, and that's not something you want to do. We just had to do it. So, um, especially with Strider coming back for us, we hope uh, for the DS. Uh, I think we're just a little bit deeper on the mound, but I still think we have a good offensive club, good defensive club, and um, certainly I think we have a strong bullpen. You know, bullpen last year was really important as well. Alex, how much does experience matter this time of the year? In your mind. Yeah, I think, you know, I definitely think it matters. And, you know, I've been asked that before for all kinds of things over the years. You know, and I I didn't really put a ton of stock into it because I hadn't lived it. I hadn't experienced it, but it sure. I've been in the fall back. The most eye-opening thing to me was my first year in Atlanta, 2018. Just got the job. I didn't know what we had, and all of a sudden we played well. We won the division. We made the playoffs. And being in L.A. and just being in that clubhouse, we were so young and so inexperienced as a group, and you feel it. You definitely had that feeling. You saw it. Um, you know, and that was, looking back to the James Dean in 2015, a lot of experienced guys there. The two years I was in L.A., there was a lot of experience. And I saw it for the first time, 2018, inexperienced. We were just so happy to be there. It was so unexpected. We arrived earlier than expected. And uh, not to say that we couldn't have won, whereas now there's just a totally different vibe, different atmosphere. I was talking to our manager before the game last night. You're worried. You lose that game, and then all of a sudden you go into the last day. I said, you know, you think if we lose tonight, you think our guys are going to be tight. He's like, nah, I'm not worried about it. And uh, even last year, we lost Solaire. 
just before uh, a potential clinch game against the Brewers and the DS, and our, our guys weren't, weren't worried. So I think that's where having lived through these things and having that experience is really huge. You know, Alex, you've also managed this year to lock up most of the young core of this team. And for a general manager, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to look ahead to next year's trade deadline, but now you've got your core locked up. Is that going to change how you are going to approach things going forward? Because you're almost at the point now where, um, you know, I understand you're going to add pieces that you need to make the core better going into the, the postseason. But do you have to maybe pull back a bit now because you got so many young guys under contract? You don't want to lose guys, right? You don't want to do anything that may suggest to a guy that, hey, you know, maybe they don't have as much confidence in me as I thought they did. Yeah, I mean, it's always a balancing act. I don't know that it would change things at the trade deadline. Um, look, even 2015 with the Jays, I mean, we going into the season, we could have traded Roberto Osuna, Devin Travis. And, you know, we thought we had a competitive team. We had, we had traded for Donaldson, Sam Martin, and so on. But we didn't trade those, those guys, and we could have got immediate help. And even at the trade deadline, I still, I don't want to say I regret it, but it definitely goes through my mind should we have done it. Um, we don't want to trade a guy like Rowdy Telez was asked about it. So we want to keep him because we knew, we didn't know what the status of the he's saying for us, you know, going forward and power back and so on. So you're always trying to balance those things. Think about in terms of keeping this core together and signing guys, I'm doing it earlier than I ever have in my career, and I think that's just the way the game is going. Guys are getting traded. Guys are getting harder to sign. Um, I think, you know, I was asked about this a month ago. And I, first time I really gave it consideration, but, you know, I wonder if my experience growing up in Montreal with the Montreal Expos and seeing all these stars leaving, and I do think it's a big deal for the fans that they know that they buy a jersey, guy ends up getting to stay there. And they get to connect. And obviously, you're only going to sign guys that you focus on that you like and you think are good players. But I just think that that other piece of like having a core and fans identifying with guys and guys that are good people and knowing that they're going to be there and knowing that you, know, you have a guy for six years that you don't want him to leave for a draft pick, it's like sitting trading him three years into it, four years into it. It's about a long time for a fan to connect with a star player. So I just think it's important, especially if we have the resources here to do it and they want to stay, to try to be aggressive and. and you know, you want to wait and get more information, but in our case, we've decided to do it earlier because we don't want to take that chance. So when you know you're in the playoffs, you start thinking about roster makeup. How hard is it for an organization to not overthink what your roster is going to be for the playoffs? Yeah, I think the biggest thing there is, you know, front office will have opinions, as always. The coaches will have opinions. I mean, the biggest thing for me is it will always come back to this. I'll sit with the manager and say, okay, you know, Brian, for us, are you going to use this guy? And it's, in theory, it might be great that this guy's on the roster and he can do this and he can do that. But the manager doesn't have the confidence to use the player. It's just not. You try to walk through scenarios. Like, will we use this player? And it might look good on paper, but if he's just not going to go to him when it's all said and done, whether it's a reliever, whether it's a guy on the bench, whether it's this and that, if it's a, you know, a defensive replacement, are you going to pull this guy? Are you going to pull this player? They might say, no, I'm not taking the bat out of the line. So I think you, you really, the manager's voice is incredibly important. Is he making the decision? No, it's done as a collaboration. But at the end of the day, for me, if the manager's not doesn't feel good about it, I'm not doing it. So he's got to feel good about it because he's going to make the most during the game. And I tell him all the time, too, I don't have to sit there and go face the media after the game. You're doing the podium before and after. You have to answer all the questions. So you better feel good about who we have. And if we don't agree, we'll talk about it. But at the end of the day, it's been pretty seamless and we all want the same things. Alex, is it hard to 
talk to a player and tell him he's not on the roster for the postseason? And is that something, do you like the manager to do that? Or do you like to be part of that discussion as well? I'm part of it. I don't like it. No one wants to have the bad conversation and the tough conversation. And I've had a bunch. Last few years, you know, we're grateful that we've been in the playoffs now five years in a row since we've been in Atlanta. And um, we've had some tough conversations. I've had guys storm out of the office, you know, and just be really upset. And they had a great year, and they, they deserve to be on. And, uh, you know, no one's ever said anything that crossed the line like that. But, you know, you don't expect guys to be pleased about it or to be happy about it. Um, those are tough decisions. But at the end of the day, we have to do what's best, for, what we feel is best for the club. And we'll tell guys all the time, this might not be the right decision. We might be wrong. I mean, we do not go into this don't we have all the answers and we vote we have debates amongst the staff it's close calls uh, you just have to take the information hope you're making the right call and be as transparent and as honest with the player as you can be but yeah i've had guys get upset i've had to tell guys over the phone get upset i say they want to go home and then ultimately they calm down and they they stay and then they play important roles for you um and that's just that happens throughout the year when you're trading guys or sending guys down you just shoot them straight don't tell them how hard it is on you and how no one wants to hear that stuff. Tell me the news, tell me why, and we can agree to not agree, but we're doing what we feel is in the best interest of the other 25, 26 guys on the long Jay's made a giant deal about home field advantage in the playoffs, at least the first round. How big of a deal is it for Atlanta in that first round to have home field advantage? I can tell you, being there, I think home field Jays is massive. Yeah. I think it's such an advantage. It's incredible. You know, I've had players tell me that and so on. So I think it's huge, just my opinion. Um, I think our home field advantage is really important, too. Our crowd is pretty fired up. The energy, our guys enjoy it. It's just a comfort as well. Um, you know, the, I rarely, if ever, will watch a team from the stands. And um, in Kansas City, I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to watch one of these games from the stands in the uh, CS. I, I couldn't take it. I was like two innings, three innings at most. It was so loud. It was so overwhelming. I just couldn't be out there anymore. I went inside of the clubhouse. And I'm just player how hard that environment would be. So, at our place, it's the same way. It's loud. Um, the energy is amazing. You know, I've talked to free agents over the years, and they talk about the energy they see on TV and the ballpark and the atmosphere and everything else. And those are real advantages. And um, when it gets loud, and you feel the momentum and the music and everything else, I think it's a real impactful thing. It's hard on those players. Alex, what do you remember most about the lead-up to 2015 with the Blue Jays, with, with the, those, those playoff games coming here? We, you know, we had the celebrations in Baltimore. Um, but what do you remember about coming back to Toronto and getting ready for the games? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think about, you know, I remember when we clinched the postseason that, you know, we knew we were going to be a wild card team. I was so excited because so many years in baseball, you think you're never going to end up getting there. And I remember seeing Russell Martin just kind of ho-hum in the clubhouse. It wasn't a big deal to him. And I, I it could not, I, I couldn't process why he wasn't as excited as I was, you know, and because he had done it so many times and I'm trying to not lose sight. I find myself not taking it for granted, but not as excited as I should be. Um, but you know, I think back and I kind of think, you know, the Orioles series, your phone's blowing up, you're getting red. Um, the Rangers, you know, it was a blur. I got to tell you, it, because it was the first time and the fervor, the energy, all of it, um, it was it was just so much going on and I was so new to it. Mm-hmm. So the excitement was amazing. I think I was just trying to soak it in at the time. 
um, and less really focused on the series. Whereas now, over time and experience, I'm so locked in on the series now and what we're doing and how we're doing it and our process for our advance and, and all of it. So, um, look, when I look back, I wish I had maybe, you know, engaged more. Um, you know, I don't think it would have mattered necessarily. You know, we played well and we had just some great things that went on. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was definitely a lot of planning, a lot of thought, um, you know, and it's a collaboration. It really is on something like this because there's just a lot to consider with off days and how guys are going to be used and health and there's a lot that goes into every single game. So as much as I'm grateful to be back in the postseason, um, it's not a fun time. There's so much stress and there's so much preparation going into every game. Alex, we're going to let you run. Really appreciate your time today. Again, uh, congratulations. And uh, as someone who picked the Braves to go to the World Series, keep it going. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I hope you guys are right. All right, guys. Take See care. You. Absolutely. That's Alex Anthopoulos, general manager of the Atlanta Braves. Interesting, Kevin. Great question about sitting down and, and developing a postseason roster. And, and we've talked about that with Alex a couple of times. Bottom line is, bottom line is, are you going to use the guy? Like, and here's a scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, here are multiple scenarios. Where would you use the guy? Yeah. And maybe the Moreno thing playing, I would assume he would play in both games behind the plate. That's just me saying that. But I would assume he will. he will do that. Maybe that will give you know him what? confidence what, and give John confidence enough to see what it looks like, the fingers, the pushing the button, what? how he controls everything. So if you have to put him in in the eighth inning of a big-time game with the crowd going crazy, how will he handle that? What will interest me is whether or not we see him play another position in the second game. They've yeah. been working. Well, no, let me, let me finish. Yeah. They've been working him out at third. Well, part of the equation here is, let's be honest. If Bo Bichette gets hurt in the game, what do you do? Espinal, Kevin Bishop. No, 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 let, no, no, no. Let me, let me finish. Espinal is not on your roster. So he gets hurt in the game. Matt Chapman's going to be your, your shortstop. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Biggio is going to be your third baseman. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I think we've seen him take ground balls at third. We've seen him take ground balls in the outfield. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if at some point you just, if you are going to put him on the roster, Right, and and I do think the decision, frankly, their decision's been made. They're just not letting us know right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they at least get a look at him in one of those other positions. Give him a look at one of those other positions. If he's going to be, you won't need him. But who the hell knows? There's no ghost runner in the postseason. You could have a 14-inning postseason game. And who the hell knows what's going to happen? Because you got your two catchers in the lineup. One of your catchers is probably going to be DHing, especially if Santiago Espinal and Guriel aren't there, there's a chance. Yeah, it'd be a tough look if they lost game three. He's playing third. No, it, it, Kevin, you're, you're missing my point entirely. That chances of that happening, it would have to be a calamity. But you know what? Calamities happen in the postseason. The question is, do you want to have the guy out there in that position? He's never played it there before. Like, it's just, these are things you have to think of. Uh, it, and and I, I'll just ask you. Who is of more value to this team, Bradley Zimmer or, or Gabriel Moreno? No, who gives you – what does Bradley Zimmer give you? He gives you great defense in the outfield, and he's fast. That could be a factor. Obviously, it could be a factor yeah, yeah. in the game. But there's a whole bunch of things that, that go on here. And if you're going to have both of your catchers in the game, I'm not necessarily a fan of losing the DH. I'm sorry. I, I, I understand late in the game it's fine and you can deal with it. But – 
I, I just... And, and the other thing to keep in mind, of course, is if there is a catastrophic injury, you can always add a guy. And that's something that gets lost in the shuffle. If somebody gets hurt in the first game and can't play in games two and three, you can mm-hmm. add a guy. Now, the person who's injured, I believe, has to miss the next series. So it's not like you can, you can fiddle around with it like that. But, um, yeah, it, it's... I, I really think they've probably already made most I'm of their sure, decisions. Yeah. They've gone through... God knows they've had enough time with the rain out yesterday. They had enough time to sit down and maybe have a beer and go over this thing and figure beers. out beers <laughs> and figure out what they're going to do, what they're, sure. what they're not going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how they, like, it was interesting, Alex saying there that actually take a vote when you're getting down. If it's a tight issue, the coaching staff, the manager, they vote on. Yeah, but I like that he said he had the final say. The manager has the final Well, he said that, but it was sort of, okay, well, can no. you use this guy? But if it was, you needed a deciding vote, it was normally Alex. Well, no, he said it was. The, but it was like, okay, I'll, I'll, it was that one guy that you probably never use, like a Zimmer. You're only using him in a certain yeah, that comes situation. Down to, it's sort of that situation. But like it comes down to, he said the manager gets the ultimate call because he's the guy that's got to stand, as he said, he's the guy that's got to answer the questions. He's the guy at the podium before and after the game, not me. Um, so the, the manager will get the call yeah. on it ultimately, but, um, yeah, I, and that, that discussion would be intriguing. You it know, is. we, we kind of, we kind of roll our eyes and everything like that at, at, at Cause you're having that at, discussion. You're voting on the last guy. That's why you sometimes now roll that, your eyes. You know, at the same time, do you, you know, would you like to, whatever type of year a guy's had, if a guy's been on the team a whole year, no question you want to be on it. I'm yeah. not saying that, but I'm saying as an organization, it's the vote on the very last guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, on the composition of the roster. Sure, too, absolutely. In general, because, again, you don't want to have somebody on your roster. You're but not, they got great players. You're not going to use. They do. They got great players. And uh, interesting hearing Alex talk about his experience growing up in Montreal as an Expos fan, seeing all those good young players flee the coop. And it seems like we've had all those good young players on the show at one time or another because they were all part of that that group. Um, and And... and that being the reason that he wants to lock all these guys up. Dansby Swanson's a guy they haven't got done yet. And uh, I just, Dansby Swanson s- screams brave to me. Like, I, why would you leave that situation if you're him? Money. And, man, if they do lock him up. Yeah, about money. If they do lock him up, they're, uh, I mean, Norm- that, that, normally I, you get one that chance. Organization, that, um, that organization's almost on, almost on autopilot. When you look at where they are with multi-year contracts, now who they have coming up, well, they're almost on autopilot. Yeah, it's all man. about winning. Yeah, all about winning now. And um, the East is in trouble with them. The East is, yes, it is <laughs> with them. With them, they, well, yeah, because the they're. Nets. And if the Phillies can ever get out of their way, you know that's that that's the other thing. And and uh, as a couple of people have told me, some of the you know advanced scouts have been in the Rogers Center lately. A lot of people in baseball really like what the Washington Nationals did. Now, they're not going to contend next year. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people in baseball say the Washington Nationals really, really did well. They'll spend money in that Juan Soto deal. And bingo, they'll have new ownership with a crap ton of money. Mm-hmm. They're going to be spending money on free agents. And um, it, it, it's, that division's going to be a bear for a while. Of course, we said that, kind of thought that about the Central as well, but. It's a little different because you've got teams with money in the East and, and aggressive youth. ownership and youth. Yeah. And a lot of youth. Ugh. 
And uh, but yeah, the for me the Braves are the Braves are the best team in the National League. All right, we are going to run. Games 161 and 162 are scheduled. A 12-37 first pitch. There is nobody in the stands. I'm looking at the stands right now. There is nobody. I mean, there's nobody in the stands. Unless they're up talking to Wagner. Orioles and Jays. A glorious season-ending regular season doubleheader. Tomorrow's a workout day at the Rogers Center. Then Friday, it gets real. The Seattle Mariners are in town. First of three games against the Toronto Blue Jays. So for all of us here at Blair and Barker, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the baseball this afternoon. We'll talk to you on Blue Jays Talk following the game, and we'll be back here tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360. A reminder, if you're listening to us on podcast, whether it's Apple or Spotify, please leave a review. Thanks so much. Have a great day.